Welcome to another episode of Heroes and, a podcast where we talk about heroes and comics, movies, TV shows, and droid, please. <laughs> Basically, if it's part of geek culture, chances are we're going to talk about it. My name is Cody. And I'm Andy. And this is part two uh, from our previous episode. This is Heroes and Star Wars The Force Awakens. So again, this is part two. So go ahead. And if you, this is the first episode you're listening to, stop and listen to episode one. Also, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Episode 7, The Force Awakens, go ahead and do so. Uh, again, this is uh, Part 2. We have our good friends joining us for this second episode. We have John. John, say hi. Hello. <laughs> and we also have Matt. Matt, say hi. Hi, guys. There, you guys can clearly <laughs> distinguish the two. Um, so let's just uh, jump right back into our Star Wars discussion. Uh, let's go right into uh, start talking about Luke Skywalker. So um, this whole movie, ironically, it does center around him. Like the movie starts off, Matt, like you pointed out, what was the first sentence? It was just... Luke Skywalker is missing. That, that's, that's <laughs> the first first text of the scroll is, is like it. setting that precedence. That's it. Yeah. Mm. So it, I, I mean, it really sets the I think the whole mood, the every the whole feel of the whole movie, um, and a lot of it revolves about revolves around trying to get and find Luke. And so, um, what do you guys what What did you guys think about that? We didn't see Luke Skywalker at all at all until the very end of the movie. Um, there's still so much mystery behind how you know how did he get there? Why? What? What drives him away? Like all this stuff, his connections to the other characters, if he has any. Um, so, Matt, what did you what did you think about that? First thing I thought was I appreciated the fact that what we saw of Luke Skywalker in the trailer was from a flashback. Mm. It was not. Right. You know, well, it wasn't even necessarily a flashback. I think, or whatever that force vision. I well, yeah. well, somebody I I hadn't even thought about it, and I think you might appreciate this, Matt. Uh, but one of the guys uh, that I work with, he said, or like he, when in that moment when Ray's touching the touching lightsaber, she's experiencing kind of what Yoda talks about when he says that past, present, future. It's it's all happening. Like you're seeing it all the same. The force lets you see it all happen simultaneously. And so in that we're seeing a little bit of what we assume to be flashbacks. Then we mm-hmm. see the flash forward of you know of her on the pl- on the frozen planet, you know, on Starkiller Base. So I thought that was cool. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. yeah it's just, but it wasn't what you expected. Yeah, you know, I, I, I watched the trailer thinking, oh no, something tragic happens. Luke is grieving with R two, but it's nothing at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I'm on the fence about. I think there's something powerful about Luke not saying a word. But as a fan who's been waiting for so long to see Luke on screen again, mm. yeah, I wanted to hear him say something. Uh, but <laughs> I, I think it's better they didn't. But I, I kept on thinking about the symbolism of Ray giving Luke his original lightsaber. Mm. I mean, it's the same lightsaber that Anakin built in the Clone Wars. Yeah, it's the same one that Obi Wan gave to Luke right before Luke was needed to. At the point, at that point, we thought bring balance to the Force, but yeah. you know, to get things started. And now it's kind of like. Things are a mess. Luke, we need you again. Here's the same lightsaber. Yeah. So I kind of like that. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is, am I the only one that kind of that last scene when it's Ray and it's uh, Luke? Am I the only one that kind of felt like it was a weird stare down? Like almost a little awkward. Like I, I remember watching it the first time. And I was like, they, you know, they pan over to Ray and she's just staring at Luke. And they pan at Luke. She's just, he's just staring at Ray and they go back to Ray. 
and then they, they go back to and the then they do the helicopter and shot, get, and then they do the helicopter. They're still just staring at each other. <laughs> and the whole time, I'm like, "That's really into, like I don't like I guess I don't know if they were trying to go for this intense epic, you know, scene or stare down, but I kind of just got uncomfortable. <laughs> I got kind of like weirded out and uncomfortable a little bit. But I don't think Luke's right. I, I think he's, uh, for lack of better terms, he's messed up. Something mm-hmm. is obviously, and I I feel like we could see that in his eyes. His eyes yeah. said so much about where I think he is. He's conflicted and yeah. you see that. Yeah. John, I, I was gonna say, John, what, what were your thoughts on, on Luke and his presence, that last scene, all of it, man, what are your thoughts? I honestly, I, I was somewhat prepared to not see a whole lot of him in this movie. So it, it didn't bother me that, that, um, like the big reveal was saved for the very end of the film. Um, and I, I, I'm not going to lie. I did get a little choked up, like seeing Luke Skywalker on a movie screen again. And like when he turns around, like you said, there's so much that he's conveying just with that, like longing and that, that heaviness in Mm -hmm. the stare that he's giving to Ray. And then when he looks down and sees the lightsaber, that all of that stuff totally just kind of like, you know, yeah. With a great head of hair too. Yeah. (laughs) Great beard. Great beard. Yeah. That's a good beard. Um, yeah, but I, I, I really, I really did like that. Um, I I I agree that he's probably like a combination of maybe the guilt that he feels from uh, failing to train a new generation of Jedi, mm-hmm. or, or at least that Kylo kind of foiled those plans for him. I'm sure that that's part of uh, this mental state that he might be in now, and then also just being in isolation for so long, mm. and how like it you know, we see it kind of made Yoda loopy in Empire, and <laughs> you yeah. know like, I'm sure that there's an element yeah. of that, but for him combined with some of that guilt and some of that disappointment. Uh, I'm sure that he is definitely still not the Luke Skywalker that we last saw yeah. in any form. But. Yep, that's a good point, Cody. What's your thoughts, man? I I think like with the scene, the scene where he, you know, with that we're talking about, where we finally see him. I think, in like in my mind, he, I don't think he wants to be involved. I I think that at this point in his life, he doesn't he doesn't want any part of really this of this fight, and maybe he feels like it's not. It's not fair for the galaxy if he's necessarily involved. Yeah. Um, or maybe he just doesn't. He just doesn't want to deal with it. Thinking through, like he's already been, you know, in a in a major fight fight, you know, between light and dark, and the light side won. But then he probably, I feel like he thinks ultimately the you know the light lost when he failed to raise up a new generation of Jedi. I I wonder if he he should have a lightsaber still, right? Like he should still have the green one. That's a good point. From return, yes. right? Yeah. yeah. Theoretically, like I mean, we we don't see it on him or anything. Theoretically, he should have Vader's red one as well. Mm-hmm. That's a good. That's point. true. And then I pointed. Well, we talked about this before, Matt. But um, I was trying to, you know, before the movie came out, there was such a big deal about uh, how it, this this new movie, Episode Seven, was going to, uh, you know, it was all is it was going to be about Luke Skywalker's lightsaber you know the one that he lost on episode five and all that stuff and but then i was like there's like what happens to obi-wan's lightsaber like at the end of episode four when he becomes a force ghost and kind of just lands on the clothes and that's it like mm-hmm. we didn't ever see darth pick it up or maybe we we're just in- intended to assume that he does pick it up but there's a lot of these <laughs> apparently there's several lightsabers that should be accounted for that <laughs> then no one knows where they so, are. <laughs> somebody's lost and found drawer is uh, <laughs> yeah. out there with some lightsabers in yeah. it. Yeah. But the reason the reason I bring up the whether or not he has a lightsaber is I don't think that 
she's necessarily trying to get that Ray is trying to give him the lightsaber. No. I think she sticks it out just to say, like, this is what I have this. Mm. And then he he's realizing, okay, now it gets time for me to enter back into this world of the resistance and you know yeah. first thing like taking, you know, light and dark that and being in the middle of that conflict. Uh, where he's, you know, kind of been withdrawn from it for so long. So I, I don't think that she's necessarily handing it to him. Like, I do think that there's significance in that he doesn't, if she is handing it to him, that he doesn't reach for it. He doesn't take mm-hmm. it. There's nothing yet. Yeah. But at the same time, knowing um, just recently, they they said that they, uh, that Mark Hamill came back out, like, to the location where they, uh, assume where they filmed that scene. Which, which, was, is, which, yeah, like Michael. which is great. Like that, uh, that location was awesome. Yeah. That was cool. Um, but he, they asked him to make sure he saw the beard. Like they made sure he saw the beard and everything. And that's for episode eight. So the assumption is then at, at least in the beginning of episode eight, we're going to kind of pick up pick right, up, yeah. right where we left off there. So I think Cody, the, you're right. I don't think she's handing him a lightsaber cause he needs it. Yeah. But I think there is significance in that it is that specific lightsaber it's not obi-wan's lightsaber right and and we kind of knew that would be the case early on because the very first trailer that was released what was uh, black friday Mm -hmm. 2014 it was a big deal when jj abrams came out and confirmed that that lightsaber hiss that we hear at the end of that trailer is that specific saber so there is something special about that specific one mm-hmm. and and i was kind of at the beginning i was into the spoilers a little bit and one of the big rumored the way this movie was supposed to begin was you'd see the crawl and then you would see a hand with a lightsaber falling from the sky oh that's so sick it, yeah i mean in both meanings of the word yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly I, yeah yeah I guess. exactly i'm glad they didn't go that route <laughs> specifically but um uh but we, you just knew from the beginning that this lightsaber is going to be a big deal. And I can't wait mm-hmm. to see how this plays out mm-hmm. in the next episode. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of the movie surrounds Luke and trying to find him. And we have this, you know, piece of the map. And now we can locate him and all this stuff. And um, But in the midst of all that, we are introduced to a new set of heroes. You know, we, we get our new core of heroes uh, we get Ray, we get Finn, and we get Poe, and then also your we got your guy. Got that BB-8. We got BB-8, you know. And so, <laughs> um, let's kind of let's let's talk about the, our new our new core heroes and all that. Um, did you guys? We kind of talked a little bit about it already, but did you guys love them? Did you guys want wanted more? What's your favorite part of of those characters, or you know, all of that? Um, I'm gonna go ahead and give it to Matt first. Um, again, just what are your general thoughts of the new cast that we have, and then any any specifics you want to go into? Uh, like I said last time we were together, um, I think the chemistry among the new cast is great. Mm-hmm. Um, I Finn, I think it's interesting because it's different, even though there are so many similarities that we've talked about this last time too between the original and the, and the new. Uh, the idea of a stormtrooper having feelings and yeah. changing sides is a huge deal. I thought it was also cool how he got his name yeah. from FN two one eight seven to Finn given to him by Poe is pretty awesome. Yeah. But uh, just a quick nerd note here. Two one eight seven is significant because in Star Wars culture, two reasons. One, because it is the name of the cell that Princess Leia is being, or the number of the cell that Princess Leia is being held in, in a new hope. Okay. And then the other uh, thing is in, college 
George Lucas was highly influenced by uh, the, this short Canadian film called 2187. Mm-hmm. And uh, so and part of that is how George Lucas came up with the idea for the Force. Because in this weird movie, it has a little bit of dialogue. And in the dialogue, it's a guy talking about how there's this Force that connects the Earth and all things in it. And um, ultimately how some people interpret that to be God. But George Lucas heard that. And I mean, it's pretty almost similar to what Obi Wan says in to, to Episode Luke. Four. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it holds all things. Bind. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really cool. Um, so then you kind of see that carried on through Finn. But uh, I liked him. I liked Ray. She was girl power. She, yeah, she she was great, man. And uh, we might, you know, we can come back to talk about the other heroes. But dude, she she brought it, man. She she was a great hero. Um, she wasn't a stereotypical female side character, you know. The you know we see sometimes in movies. And I like that they make a couple just about that, you know. In the like when when Finn keeps grabbing her hand and she's like, like I can run without you holding my hand. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I I think I appreciated that they were making those jokes, mm-hmm. and especially in light of you know of my bread and butter Jurassic World, where she had heels on the whole time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And she's yes. killing it in those heels. Yeah, you know. So I, I thought it was, I thought it was cool. I think it, they did a great job of rather quickly bringing us up to speed on who she is, and you know that she was left on this planet alone. That she's waiting for someone to come to come find her or come yeah. back and get her, uh, and that she's, you know, because she's grown up here, she's able to fend for herself really well. And you know, we see when she's, you know, taking on those guys that are trying to take BB-8 away from her. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, she's able to, she's able to put them down, hold her easily. And then that last, that I mean that fight scene that she has with Kylo Ren. Yeah, where he gets bit. Mm-hmm. Kylo Ren gets beat by a two-minute Jedi. Like, <laughs> that's pretty incredible. Did you guys? Uh, did you guys buy? You think there's a theory behind it? You think that she's strong? Force. You know, she has this connection with the Force. Is the Force that, strong in her family? And, what do you think, Matt? You got an idea, yes or no? You think that's the obvious way of doing it? Like, what? What are your thoughts on that? When I was first watching the film, um, the I just thought to to it was very convenient how <laughs> she was able to just discover she has this force capabilities, yeah. and then moments later use it to. Uh, mind control stormtroopers yes. and use it to grab a saber. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my, th- I have a theory of course on how that's possible, but long story short, I think there is some training in her background. I think there was a, the force was used to suppress a lot of that memory, a lot of those memories in her mind. Mm. And then this, her touching that lightsaber for the first time opened Pandora's box. And so she was able to tap into a lot of what she knew, which is also why she was able to, I mean, she should have died in that lightsaber fight with Kylo Ren. Yeah. And she didn't. So, um, and, and, just to throw this out there too, that was one of my favorite scenes in the movie was when he was pursuing her in the woods and Kylo Ren was kind of throwing the hiss of his lightsaber and she didn't know where he was coming from. That was great. That was sick. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of like Predator uh-huh. type uh, with Arnold Schwarzenegger. It, I thought that was awesome. Yeah, it was good. You have any theories, John, or uh, thoughts of, you know, Ray's character or even her skills in <laughs> dueling a, uh, a lightsaber or any of that? 
I I'm also inclined to believe that perhaps she somehow connected to like this previous Jedi Order that Luke was trying to train, or in some ways maybe connected to Kylo Ren, but doesn't know it. That whether her memory was altered or just there's something she's blocking, but um, I don't know that this is necessarily her first foray into the Force. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's the first that we're seeing of it, yeah. and the first that she is is kind of like remembering or experiencing <clears throat> now as as the character that we know do you do you think um i i'm gonna throw out three options to you guys oh boy yeah here we go so ray is she i have a bad feeling about this (laughs) um never tell me the odds do you think that she's uh luke's daughter Uh, let's just let's just unpack this just one just quick question just a quick multi-choice multi-choice you think she's luke's luke's daughter you think she's hum- somehow Han and Leia's daughter? And there's a connection between her and Kylo Ren, or you think it's just someone, someone else? Just a quick A, mm. B, or C. Is this what I think or what I want? <laughs> Let's hear both. Let's hear both. Let's hear both. Just uh, A, B, and C. A, Luke's daughter. B, she's a solo, or C, someone else. Just, just a random other, you know, girl. This Matt. is going to sound dumb because I just asked the question between what I want or what oh I, I think the answer to both is C. <laughs> okay. I, I don't I, – I think they want you to think she's Luke's daughter. Okay. But I don't think she is. And I just can't see her being a solo unless while they were separated, Han and Leia had a fling yeah. and Leia didn't tell them that she was pregnant. Yeah. Um, so well, I, I don't I think, see that. Yeah, like that. I can I can see if even Leia's pregnant when Han leaves. Yeah, right. like right, like they, you know, right before he kind of leaves or whatever. Because they were clicking pregnant. on all cylinders with finishing each other's sentences mm-hmm. and and you could see their thought patterns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was weird. I I thought there were a couple scenes that they were in, was, in, intentionally yeah. there to show that to set up that she has like knowledge of which that that like I'm kind of confused as to how like she grew up on a desert planet. And she has this little land speeder, but she's like, and she, you know, she even she's says, a mechanic, man. She like, can change my, she can help me with my car. Right. Like she's like, like she just knows. <laughs> she can like, save Nancy. Yeah. Maybe maybe it. it's maybe it's just because she's taken apart a, a super star destroyer that she has such a good understanding of you know of the way these ships work and not, whatnot. But I felt like they were playing her up to be such a great pilot that at least in my mind, Luke and and Anakin are the the naturally gifted pilots. You know from that we've seen so far in the franchise and so that's kind of and i'll i'll say that i think that she's luke's daughter because of that while she is finishing luke or finishing han solo sentences and such like that um i think that i think between that between the stuff with her and the naturally being able to fly and whatnot as well as as well as you know the relationship that she has with her as well as just the way the connection she has with the force mm-hmm. that I I'm going to say that I think she's Luke's daughter. I would prefer for her to be a random individual. Okay. So you're going you're going you think it's A A but I want it to be C. I don't think she's got to be random. I think there's mm-hmm. in some intentionality but yeah. I just well, don't I mean, think it's Han or not, Luke's. I guess not a Skywalker. Yeah, yeah. not not a Skywalker, not a Solo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, how about you, John? I have many thoughts on this. I will say I do not believe she is Luke's daughter um, for a few reasons. 
I saw an interview with J.J. Abrams recently where he talked about the difference in the way the Force was portrayed in the original trilogy versus the way that it's explained in the prequel trilogy Mm -hmm. and how, obviously, because all six films are considered canon now, um, they're not going to be able to discount or undo what was said in the prequels. But Mm -hmm. to him, he said that he always felt that the Force was far more inclusive than you had to be born into a certain bloodline or you had to be born with a certain midichlorian count or you you had to go through a specific lineage in order to be a powerful Force-sensitive like being in that universe. Mm-hmm. So for him, the idea that um, that the force like is able to be harnessed by people that are able to, to reach deep enough to do so, mm-hmm. that it didn't really have anything to do with parentage. Um, I know that they're making a big deal about Kylo Ren being Han and, and Leia's son, um, but I, I also thought I had seen something where they said neither of the new heroes are actually Solos or Skywalkers. So I think all of the stuff where we see um, Ray interacting with Han and it seems like, you know, there's so many similarities. I, f- I feel like that's meant to throw us off the trail. Okay. Um, I think each of the new characters has elements of some of the three leads from the old trilogy. Mm-hmm. And so I think that we aren't meant to have direct parallels in these new characters, that they really are kind of like their own people, even though they have traits that remind us of the characters we already know. Yeah. Um. I joked with Cody earlier, and I'll paraphrase this. I think it's it's more likely that Ray is like the offspring of Yoda and the Force itself than she is Luke's daughter. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> I just don't see that. I don't see that being a possibility. Yeah. Um. We talked about a little bit about that voiceover section where she touches the lightsaber and has like those visions, mm-hmm. uh, and you hear Obi Wan's voice talking to her. I wonder if perhaps maybe she's related to him in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, That'd be cool. Because, again, I know there were certain side stories, you know, where Obi-Wan, like, had married someone, I think, in, like, some of the expanded universe stuff. Um, But I don't think Luke – I don't know that Luke would necessarily have any kind of romantic attachment after his family history and just all of the the difficulty that he's been through thus far. So I I don't know. I don't think – personally, I don't think she's Luke's daughter. I think it's – I think it's – see, it's someone else. Yeah. Um, and I, but I think that there is still a connection between her and Kylo Ren for some reason. Like he is a, he's somewhat aware of this girl with the staff, you know? And so like there's, I think somehow he knows of her or. But I I think it goes back to them training under Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Yeah. That's when he says there's this girl I've heard so much about. That's not just what he's been told in the movie. There's something else to to, to think that he knows her. Uh, and granted, it it could just be me reading too much into it, but uh, when he's you know they're in the star, I think they're in the star destroyer, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, uh, one of the you know one of the workers says that the droid made the droid you know t- is on the Millennium Falcon, and then he says that the droid took the Millennium Falcon, and he says no, uh, the reb the the you know the Rebel took it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Finn took it, and then he also says that a girl is with him. Mm. He that guy uh, Ray or Kylo Ren immediately is like which girl? Because in my mind, that he's saying that he knows that there's a girl that mm. you know is on is on the Jakku, same level almost. You know that on, yeah mm-hmm. on that's on Jakku that you know knows the Force or whatever. Like in my mind, like when he when he realizes that it's a girl, mm. it's very important to him. Or why is it very important to him that it's 
a, which girl it is. Yeah. yeah. Because if mm-hmm. it was just a girl, then he would be like, oh, then it's, you know, right. it was it's just some right. commoner. Yeah, 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 but yeah. they're knowing that it's on Jakku, which is a planet with a small population, mm-hmm. you know, because it's assumingly because it's a desert planet. Yeah. Then mm-hmm. why is it? Why does he immediately like which girl? Like, right. You know, so. And they've teased, go, leading into this, that there's going to be some kind of connection to the Disney show Rebels mm-hmm. or the prequels. And so, could she be Ezra Bridger's daughter? Could he? Could she be related to Kanan Jarrus or somebody from the prequels that we're mm-hmm. not thinking of? There's a ton of options. I just don't think she's a Skywalker. Yeah. yeah. And even though the episodes are supposed to be part of the Skywalker genealogy, we're going to get a ton of that. With Kylo Ren, yeah, with Ben Solo, yeah. Um, let's talk about let's talk about the uh, the one of the newer heroes as well. We have Finn. <coughs> um, Are you okay? You need a lozenger? No, I, I'm good. I'm just I need maybe need some water. cough drop. Yeah. Um, we, we talked we talked about Finn already. I'm sorry, um, but let's talk about Poe. Um, would you guys did you guys like him? Did you, like, did you guys think he was he was cool? Did you guys think that? Um, Do you guys like Poe? Do you guys do you guys think that he brought us like this like a sense of like edge to the movie or because I kind of thought going into it him being the pilot that he was gonna have to be this kind of like witty or kind of like attitude bad you know bad boy kind of a thing of the movie. Do you guys think he did that? He did that successfully. Did you want to see more of him? What are your thoughts on on, on Poe? I was really excited to see Poe. Uh, leading into this movie, I did read Shattered Empire, okay. which is based on really his mother. Okay. And we see his father and we see that they are growing together with a forest tree in the backyard. And so I'm kind of waiting to see how this all plays out. Mm-hmm. So I was a little disappointed we didn't get to see more of him. Mm-hmm. But I did love the initial scene where he looks Kylo Ren right in the mask and he goes, who talks first? Do you talk first or do I talk first? And so we great. see he's got... He's got massive amounts of boldness and courage and wit. <laughs> and I think he will be kind of like uh, John had said earlier that there's kind of traces of all the original characters in the new ones. Yeah. I think he could be the Han Solo in that way. Yeah. And so I, I look forward to see. I mean, he slayed TIE Fighters. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and so I'm just I, I really like him. I wish I would have seen more, but that makes me want to see eight even more. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed Poe. Um, I'm an I, I'm a fan of Oscar Isaac. Like I don't think I've ever seen him in a film where I didn't think like, wow, that guy was fantastic, or just like really enjoying the characters that he normally plays. Yeah. But I think I was most curious how Poe would fit into the new cast of characters, just because we saw so little of him in the trailers, and most of it was just while he's flying an X-wing. Mm-hmm. So there really wasn't any indication as to like <laughs> yeah. as to his personality or his character or any of that, you know. Um, but I, I really did. I enjoyed him as a character. I did like that he, like, had that kind of snappy wit about him, even in like that beginning scene with with Kylo Ren. Um, and I, I did like the way that he just sort of lent some, like, some adventure to any of the scenes that he showed up in. Even the scene where, where Finn is busting him out in, in the beginning, and they have that first exchange where he's like, "Why are you doing this?" He's yeah, like, it's yeah, the yeah. right thing to do. And he's like, "Oh, you need a pilot." Yep. It's like, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. we're doing this, we're doing this. Yeah, okay, yeah, you know yeah, that, yeah. like that he constantly sort of seems to like glide over the top of some serious situations mm-hmm. and take us along for the ride with him. Yeah, but but plus, I really did appreciate him as a character. Plus, he has a black X-wing, and the X-wing exactly. has always been my favorite ship in Star Wars. Okay, and a black one just it was sick. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. That's great. And I, you know what? You mentioned um, the actor, uh, Oscar Isaac. And um, I've seen him in a couple of movies before this. But then I know he's going to be Apocalypse in mm-hmm. the next X-Men movie. So it's like that, you know, honestly, I was watching him in this movie. I'm like, this guy is a he's a pretty big deal. Like he can, you know, he can act with the best of them. And he um, he's he's doing a great job with this character, this Poe character. Um, and that was really just, it almost, weirdly enough, it got me kind of excited. Like, man, I, now I'm looking forward to see him as Apocalypse even more. Like, I think that's really, you know, just a sidetrack on X-Men. But, um, but yeah, I really I really liked him a lot. I kind of wish he was in more of the movie. But, mm-hmm. Matt, like, kind of like what you said, um, we can easily, you know, we can see more of him in Episode 8 or Episode 9. Mm-hmm. So, um, Cody, how about you, man? Do you have any thoughts on, on Poe or anything like that you want to share? I, I thought he did a great job. Him and Finn both uh, did a great job of bringing a little bit of a light, lighter tone, you know, just when it was necessary. I, I don't think that they went so far as, you know, necessarily like comparing it, you know, to the Marvel movies or, you know, like even Avengers Age of Ultron, where a lot of the movie is just them making jokes or like Ant-Man, where a lot of the movie is them kind of making jokes and being funny. Um, but I thought he I thought he was enjoyable to watch. Yeah. Um I thought that he did a great job. Like it was, it was just cool to see him interacting with Finn, mm-hmm. uh, as well as you know, like him, like when he's being, you know, when he's piloting, like he's just excited. One that he gets to fly a Tie Fighter. I thought, that was, I thought that was funny, and that's kind of something you always wondered, like how would, or I at least me, like how would Luke handle a Tie Fighter? You know, if yeah. he was, if he was in one. So, no, I thought he was enjoyable. And his jacket game is strong. Yes, that jacket yes. <laughs> on point. On I point. really kind of want that jacket. Also, all Luke's for, new or Han's new jacket. I mean, we're all for was... buying jackets after this. Um, so the heroes are great. BB-8. I mean, do we do we need to say anything about the, about that about that droid? He's great. He was absolutely great. Droid, please. Droid, please. <laughs> you said it. Um, let's talk about some of the bad guys again. We kind of talked a little bit about. Kylo Ren. And yeah. So I, I feel like there's more that we could say about him than than just to kind of talking about his reaction or his, you know, uh, the death of Han and that yeah. scene. Uh, so what did you guys think about just the way kind of moving up to that, you know, that mm-hmm. which is that's, you know, right at there at the end of the movie. Uh, what did you think of, of him, like just the way they were kind of developing Kylo Ren or Ben Solo's character? Yeah. What are, what are your thoughts on that, uh, Matt? I know that you guys have said that you think he's just Anakin 2.0. I kind of feel like he will be Anakin the way he should have been, mm. where you'll see this conflict throughout. Um, I, I and Andy, to disagree with you, to me, I did not mind that he Shots did not fired. wear the mask. Pew, pew. I didn't. I didn't mind it because I feel shots fired with you too, John. I, I, <laughs> I'll tell you. What, I'll tell you. What I, I feel <laughs> like if, for example. Uh, in the originals, prequels in the originals, when you see Vader, you kind of view him as a different character than Anakin. And mm. part of that's because you know one is the mask and you know one is a face. Mm. And I think they're trying to make you feel this tension between good Ben and Kylo Ren. And mm. um, and you won't have that emotional connection to the character if he's always wearing the mask. Um, Gotham I, needs a hero with Although face. I do agree with you. He looks much cooler with the hood on. Thank you. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, but again, don't don't give me this. Um, torn between. All I'm saying is, right. Here's what like the biggest thing I have to speak. Well, there's two things I want to talk about, <laughs> really, with Kylo Ren. First thing, when he catches the, the first thing the we see him, when he catches the blaster <laughs> shot with the force, sick. Woo, like sick. I 
I know a lot about. I've seen Vader. I've seen <laughs> like Darth Maul never caught no blast. <laughs> Blast, I saw a cool you know. video of Darth Maul versus Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, well, not to. just that he caught it, but that it stays then there it for that entire there. scene and until then he, he walks, walks away, it. And then, it, and yeah. then it, you know, like, that was like, oh my gosh, this that guy. Was pretty yeah. Also, did Vader or anybody else ever read minds? No. The way that, the way he was not pulling, like that. the way he was pulling. That was pretty cool. What about that epic force choke where he hand out, held out his hand and then the guy got pulled into the choke <laughs> and then it became a real yeah. choke. <laughs> yes. I mean, a so, force assist choke. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was, I think he was great. I thought as a villain, I thought he did what he was supposed to do. And there was such, mm-hmm. uh, there was, there was a lot of mystery about him. Going He's going to be a Heisenberg character where you hate him and you hate the fact that you well, love him. I don't, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know if he's gonna be that Heisenberg status. Oh yeah, like oh Heisenberg gosh. did some pretty terrible things, but what? I'm still hey, he rooting killed for his him. own dad. Listen, no, that makes him evil. That just no. He- Heisenberg is doing this for his family, uh, Matt. Okay, before we get to that, <laughs> well, I have one more. Uh, okay, one, one more. One more. I, I'm and, President John. I'm yes. President John. Uh, so I have a I have a slight issue with the fact that he seems to get beaten by Ray, and I granted, you know, there's probably more to ray than you know we know but it seems like even more Finn, than uh, meets the eye yeah exactly <laughs> like she's a transformer um autobots roll out so uh, but i i even finn is kind of keeping up with him I, at least i thought that the first viewing i will say second viewing it seems like more so with when him and finn are fighting with the lightsabers that he's just kind of toying with finn and because once finn tags him like it's over. Like he puts Finn down really quickly. Yeah. Uh, you know, once Finn kind of catches his kinda catches his shoulder with uh yeah. with the lightsaber. But I will say, like, it seems like they they make him and and granted it could just be a testament to how powerful Ray is, but they they build him up like he's this really powerful, you know, you know, Sith and such, and then he and, and then he gets beaten by Ray in like two minutes. I was like, Well, this is a little you know like he catches the force he catches the blaster and he's mind reading people and whatnot and then ray pushes him back like he's no big deal so, all right but that's what that's what i have to say about kylo ren john let me hear your thoughts on uh on kylo i i i really did enjoy kylo ren i think he as a star wars villain i think he deserves to be in league with darth vader and darth maul as like very interesting like yeah dark side force sensitive villains that we've seen um, I also am not bothered by him removing his mask and seeing so much of him without the mask on after kind of the halfway point in the movie. I think it's debatable whether or not he could have left the mask on in the scene where he's trying to read Ray's mind. But I, I can't really imagine the Han Solo death scene with him wearing a mask. Just seeing oh, yeah, so agree. much that of what's on his face. Yeah. And even the the battle between he and Finn and then he and Ray at the end in the, you know, like the forest. Um, I, like all of his facial expressions and then the fear that he gets when he realizes that Ray is strong. Is yeah. strong. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that would have been nearly as powerful if he was wearing the mask, as cool as it looked. Um, I think it made more sense that he is this ominous, somewhat um, mysterious figure in the beginning when we see him do all kinds of cool stuff, like catch a blaster bolt and, and whatnot. But um, I, I appreciated that he had the mask off and that we got to see his reactions in some of those pivotal points later in the film. Yeah. Um, as a side note... I also am somewhat amused that I don't know if you guys saw the movie Inside Lewin Davis, which was a Coen Brothers movie. It's a somewhat okay. like low on the radar movie that came out a year or two ago. 
But uh, Oscar Isaac is the lead in that movie, and he plays a folk singer. And he goes to a recording session, and, and one of the other folk singers recording with him is Adam Driver, okay. playing a country singer. Okay. And they're singing a song about going to outer space. Oh, nice. So Oscar Isaac and Justin Timberlake is in the scene. They're singing this song, and Adam Driver, all he does is make strange sound effects and say outer space over and over again in the back. <laughs> but I thought that was a strange, like... Coincidence. Sort of like, like a little coincidence and stuff that, yeah. you know... That's pretty both. cool. Okay. Can I ask a quick question sure. before we move on? There was a lot of uh, debate and debacle over Kylo Ren's lightsaber and it having the, the the broad saber with the two side parts yeah. coming out the side. Mm-hmm. What did you think about seeing it in action? That, the fact that it was able to tag, that's how Finn got tagged at first, right? Was that he was able, they were dueling, they, and, and then, then he, he was pushed able, it in on him. Yeah. Mm. I thought it was cool. Like, I, I, I still love, again, that's, it goes back to my whole thing on the look. That lightsaber with that hood and like it all works. You put that lightsaber with the hipster Adam Driver doesn't really work, you know. So give me that. <laughs> but I will, I will agree with you guys though. Hands down, that scene with Han Solo on the on the walkway. Yeah, you you need that. You need mm-hmm. you know him unmasked. I get that. The lightsaber was awesome though. It really and just the way every time he like every time he whipped it like he turned it on yeah. everything like he it's just the way he did it it looks it looks sick I, I thought it was really cool that they and they don't necessarily explain it so much but i thought it was cool to see that it, it like it seems like it is made by him and it's like it's kind of crude and i think yeah. that's why like that's why it's so flary you know compared to then the first time you see luke's old lightsaber turned on where it's very much a clean you know kind of blade and such so i i'm totally okay with and i'm okay with the like the broadsword you know kind of elements mm-hmm. i thought it was really cool and then he when he realizes like that's supposed to be my lightsaber and he's a little upset by that i thought that was uh mm. which why is where is vader's lightsaber then kind of like shouldn't did it just get destroyed did they burn it with vader maybe it's gone uh, we my don't guess know. would be luke maybe if, have taken it maybe yeah. luke has it there's some, what there's if a when pawn luke, shop. what if Somewhere yes. in the galaxy has four, Jawas. Yeah, has four. I think the collector has it. Yeah, crossover. <laughs> that would be good. Oh my um, gosh. Um, but what if? What if uh, when Luke goes to turn his lightsaber on, it's it's Vader's. Like the red. Would one? you guys be okay with that? The red one. No, I would not be okay with that. It's got to be green or blue. Mm-hmm. What if he busts out a purple one? Oh my gosh! Uh, in honor. What if? <laughs> one? John, what do you think? Oh my gosh. What did you think about? You know, on, about and again, I, I really, I, I'm. I'm not well read or educated on this particular subject of Star Wars lore, but I know that the crystal inside of each lightsaber is very significant and that it's a part of like a Jedi rite of passage in learning to build your own lightsaber. Um, So I know that the crystal inside of the lightsaber that was Darth Vader's would be of significance to anyone, especially somebody that idolizes him. Um, I was at Barnes and Noble yesterday doing some Christmas shopping and they had Force Awakens art books and like a visual dictionary of the movie and so as I was thumbing through that that dictionary book, um, there's a giant uh, picture of Kylo Ren's lightsaber with the front of it cut off. So you see the insides with the power cells and everything. Oh, nice. And one thing that they highlighted was that the crystal inside it is actually cracked and somewhat impure. So his lightsaber kind of being jagged and all messed up is a result of, one, he doesn't really know what he's doing. But two, he doesn't have a, a crystal as pure or as perfect or... or as correct for that one that's in perfect shape right like there like there is in luke's blue lightsaber like there is in in vader's red lightsaber um so that the side vents coming out are actually not just like a a design for combat it's to vent 
excess energy coming out of that lightsaber because the crystal is not right for it. But I also think it's metaphorical of the character. Yeah, that he doesn't have his stuff together. Continue. Well, I'm just saying he's frazzled. He can't. He's not together. He's not polished. He's fractured, and mm-hmm. we see even that. his mask. You see all the yeah. Like you he got beat up. Make somehow. a you would make a clean cut kind of mask, and there's plenty of spots in his mask where like maybe it's from fights. Although if mm-hmm. he's holding lightsaber or mm-hmm. blaster shots, he's not know, getting into. He's not fights. getting in. He's not getting like beat up. Losing, often. Yeah, yeah. yeah like losing. so, but yeah, there's even parts where, and maybe like I kind of operate under the assumption that he made that with old empire stuff or maybe old vader stuff yeah. and that's kind of why it looks a little you know jaggedy but kind of comparing kylo to you know to vader and just kind of moving forward and we've, we've talked about it a little bit already but let's just talk about some parallels to the original trilogy as well as you know primarily a new hope yeah. uh, but just kind of comparing this one what did you guys think of the the parallels that this one had to the original trilogy yeah, just quick, quickly, were you guys, just a yes or no, were you, were you guys upset with all the callbacks or you didn't mind it? Matt, did you, were you upset or you didn't, did, you didn't mind it? I, I loved it, uh, with the exception of the Death Star, okay. Star Killer base. Gotcha. John, yeah. did you care for it or anything? I, I was okay with them borrowing from the structure of the original Star Wars movie and then sort of injecting it with with slightly different twists yeah. than what we've seen before. But yeah, I, and I know people were sort of burnt out on the idea of a Death Star whenever Return of the Jedi came out that they couldn't <laughs> believe we did another one. Yeah. So yeah, I, I definitely think it was a, it was a little silly, especially when they even had to show you like, no, here's the Death Star, that here's the Star Killer yeah, base, yeah. just so we get it, just <laughs> so everybody gets it. You know, yes. there's always a way to blow it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I thought that that like it was it was strange in that they're obviously quite self aware at this point, and the film was very self aware. And yet they still chose to use that as as a device. Um, But then again, if you're borrowing so heavily from the structure of the first Star Wars and you don't use something like that, then that might seem out of place. I don't know what they would use instead. Yeah. Um, But I I liked the overall structure of it. Let's go. Let's let's start naming off some of those things. Like so uh, you guys first. What did you guys what did you guys notice after watching it? You know, the first time, the second time. I just want to say we're sitting next. I'm sitting next to Matt. Yeah, and like he has notes with bullet points, yes. a lot of bullet points. Yes, on his computer, I can't necessarily read them all, but there's some something that says ring theory. Yes, yeah, slash connection to four. Let's yeah. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we should just hand this one to Matt. <laughs> I mean, well, I'm just saying. Like, okay, well, I think we all by ourselves can notice some of the callbacks. So like, I just want to just kind of get them all on the table. So which ones did you guys? see which ones stood out to you the most you know all that stuff so matt how about you first well the first one i just ray is luke skywalker um in four both deserted on a desert planet Mm -hmm. they're orphans yeah uh both have natural pilot capabilities both strong in the force not knowing it until they were later on in life both are given the same exact lightsaber by an older mentor who's That's teaching true. them about the force. And uh-huh. they both get around on land speeder type transportations. <laughs> I mean, you could just keep going on yeah. and on. They're dressed very similar in color scheme. Um, so that, that was, that was to me, one of the first ones that just jumped off. Yeah. Uh, f- to me, one of the first ones that, that jumped off to uh, from the episode seven to episode four was um, all of the important characters being present for the death of Han Solo. Just how everyone was there when Obi Wan mm-hmm. died, when you know by Darth Vader, like it just in that episode four, every they were running towards the Millennium Falcon, like 
And then they all stop, and he was like, Ben, you know, he looks, and that's when, he, mm-hmm. you know, he dies. So, you know, episode seven, everyone's there, you know, Finn's there, Ray's there, like, they're, even Chewbacca, like, everyone's there just watching this encounter between sure. Kylo Ren and, and Han Solo. So that's one of the big ones that jumped out to me. How about you, John? Um, I, I like that they introduced Kylo Ren as a villain very early on in the film, mm-hmm. and much in the same way that they introduced Vader early on in the original Star Wars, and that like they don't explain anything, but obviously as soon as he busts through the door, that we understand that this is like the bad guy. This is the yeah. bad guy. Um, yeah. But I I I, uh, I I really did enjoy um, like guessing what was going to come next being so familiar with the other films but then also kind of like being surprised in certain places or just sort of um seeing my guess like twist slightly from where i thought different plot points would land mm-hmm. gotcha. so i think that was fun is to feel kind of like i have an idea where this is going but then still to be able to be surprised in certain places gotcha so cody how about you man what are some of the big callbacks that you just stood out to you well, this this one necessarily isn't a plot point, but I just appreciated that we see the the training ball, <laughs> the you know from from episode or episode four. Yeah, I, I thought that was like Finn's like, what's this? And he just throws it away. Yeah, just half a second. Not even everybody that's seen the movie necessarily caught that, so I thought that was cool. Yeah, uh, but the biggest one for me is that it's a droid with a message that's mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's classified. Yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah. There's there's so many. To me, another one that involving. Kylo Ren is the um they're getting orders from this um from this figure we don't know who the identity uh, is it's a hologram that's all it is we don't know who who it is or anything but we see that Kylo Ren's there and then we also see that other general that's there General Hux yeah and so it's the two of them which reminded me of episode four we see Darth Vader and the other general Tarkin yeah they're both there and Darth Vader and Kylo Ren are, are messing with the force quote unquote as their way to execute these you know evil plans versus all the other generals are trying to mess you know, like we have the ultimate weapon and so like th- those two like ways of doing evil plans like we can do it the force way or we can do it with just building a strong weapon like mm-hmm. you know like again i saw that come pretty clearly in episode seven just yeah. the way it did in episode and when four. we're introduced to the main baddie the main bad guy so yeah. palpatine and then uh, supreme leader snoke they're both in holograms yeah mm-hmm. and the dialogue is very similar in those scenes mm-hmm. so in the first one you've got uh, palpatine to vader there is a great disturbance in the force yeah. and vader says i have felt it mm-hmm. and then in this movie there uh snoke says to kylo ren there has been an awakening in the force have you felt it so yeah. i mean there's again takes you right to empire yeah yeah there's so there are a couple other ones like um i don't know like you brought up the whole bba the connection with the droid um and then i know matt you pointed this out and i thought of it too like when they're um you know ray is kind of trying to escape and like sneaking around and how that was very similar to like obi-wan like ben sneaking around in the dead mm-hmm. star like yep. trying not to get caught like i thought that was uh another callback um, any other callbacks that you guys have? The one that I think of, and I don't even know if it's it's not. I, you'll have to correct me on if it's in A New Hope or not, um, and whether or not it really can be considered because that is your one. fifth favorite. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but so the when when uh, Ray is in, uh, she's you know moving through the forest and she's being chased by, or actually it may even be once she's fighting um, Kylo Ren and you know in the forest. But she's the area that she's going through is like she it's like kind of like almost like a hallway like when Luke is going in 
and he sees himself as Vader. Ah, uh, okay. And you know, like with the helmet off. Mm-hmm. I I thought that was very similar, and I like that's kind of that comparison is what makes me think there has to be some type of relationship that they already have, uh, gotcha. whether or not they're. Maybe I'm just reading too much into that, but both of the times that they're fighting, there's that kind of idea where that it's just her and Kylo Ren, mm-hmm. you know, in this narrow passageway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was episode five, right? That was episode mm-hmm. five when Luke Skywalker on Dagobah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I knew uh, it was Dagobah. I just couldn't yeah. remember. Uh, any other any other callbacks or parallels to the original uh, trilogy that you guys have, or you want any last notes you want to say? I mean, I've got a quick list here. Let's, let's hear, just man. read through them real yeah. quick. Uh, there's a droid carrying valuable information who finds himself on a desolate desert planet. Yes. We said that one. Uh, there's a Force-sensitive, masked, and darkly clothed antagonist who arrives on the scene shortly after the information is handed off who is looking for that droid. Yes. There is a desert settlement that is wiped out by stormtroopers. That's true. There's a hero who's tortured by the bad guys to retrieve information. <laughs> there's a lonely, Force-strong desert dweller who dreams of more. There's a worldly old warrior who has to explain the Force to the next generation. Mm. There's a cruel military officer who holds a comparable level, level of authority to his Force-sensitive masked and darkly clothed colleague. Yeah. There's a mostly unseen supreme evil that's pulling the strings from the shadows. There's a criminal element that's owed a debt by Han Solo <laughs> and attempts to kill him after he screws up their arrangement. <laughs> There's a cantina filled with various alien creatures. Yeah, I thought of that too. There's a moment when one of the heroes abandons the fight as a self-preservation measure, but he eventually returns. Mm. There's a massive spherical weapon that is used to destroy a planet. (laughs) There's a base belonging to the rebel forces on a force-covered world. There's a surrogate father figure who was cut down by someone previously close to him who has turned to the dark side. The hero watches helplessly from afar as a surrogate father figure is slayed. There's a coordinated aerial attack on the massive spherical weapon that's monitored from a control room by Leia. There's a trench that X-Wings fly through in order to fire on a vulnerability in the weapon and destroy it. And then finally, there's a massive explosion that gives the Rebels a major victory, but likely allows the Force-sensitive, masked, and darkly clothed antagonist (laughs) to survive to fight another day. Entertainment Weekly. (laughs) That's awesome. All right, let's move forward lastly to predictions just want to see what you guys think where episode eight and nine go from here um what you think kylo ren's character is going to go through where you think ray is going to happen or finn or all those guys uh, so what do you guys think uh, matt what are your thoughts for eight and nine and just the general future for these next two movies i think much to your disappointment the next two movies will focus on uh, ben solo or kylo ren uh, we talked a little bit about my desire, and I can't believe I'll say this where it's recorded and played. But I'm not a I'm not I'm not a prequel hater. Yes, I enjoy them for what they are. Yeah, uh, but I would actually not mind seeing a Hayden Christensen, Anakin Force Ghost interacting with Luke somehow. I think I think that would be great. Uh, kind of like you said, Cody. How if Kylo Ren does turn good, you'd like to see some more time uh, spent with him as a good guy. Yeah. This could help. It would us be do cool that. to have Anakin, that you know, this one he looks up to, then kind of being maybe as a Force ghost, That'd assisting be cool. Luke with the the educating process. That'd be yeah. kind of. That'd be kind of. Cool. So I think that would be cool. Uh, I mean, there's just so many things we have to see. I mean, Phasma was a character that mm. seems so cool, but we don't know anything about. That was kind of disappointing too. Yeah, we didn't get a whole lot from that character either. We still haven't seen Snoke, and apparently he's going to help train. 
Kylo. So what does that look like? Yeah. Uh, there's just so many questions that I have that yeah. I can't wait to see him. John, yeah. how about you, man? Um, I'm in the same boat. I, I'm as soon as we got to the before we even got to the end of, of watching the Force Awakens, I was already excited to see what's going to happen in, in Episode Eight. I'm I'm so curious what they will do story wise. I'm curious what Ryan Johnson will do given some of his other films and um, his ability to handle different timelines and different realities overlapping and colliding. Um, I we we watched Empire last night, my wife and I. And in the scene where Yoda is talking to Luke about seeing um, the past, the present, and the future all at once, I'm very curious how that will play out uh, for this next movie especially, in that if we do wind up seeing Anakin again, as played by Hayden Christensen, um, how that will overlap. I don't think it would be just some sort of flashback, that it really would be some kind of thing where, where Luke is at a place where he really is sensitive to like all of those different points in time. And somehow that'd be, that'd be pretty cool. Somehow that would emerge. Um, I, I'm also very curious if part of the reason why Luke hasn't intervened, or part of the reason why there's been decades of conflict that he's been absent for, is if he really is seeing the future as well as the past and the present. That he knew he would need to to wait and remain, like I guess, on that island or somewhat in hiding until Ray found him, or until somebody would find him. Yeah. Uh, whether he has knowledge of what's coming next or not, I still think that when Yoda told him you, you shouldn't leave, if you want to save your friends, you shouldn't leave, and he did anyway, oh, yeah. that perhaps that's him kind of learning his lesson this time around and saying, okay, even though I know I could get involved and be helpful, yeah. uh, because I'm seeing what's coming further down the line that I have to I have to show restraint. The circle is now complete. Right. Yeah. I think I think that will be important, and I think that theme will wrap itself back around. Gotcha. Um, I'm also curious about Snoke, if he winds up being somehow Jar Jar? being that would be astounding. <laughs> do you yeah. think? Do you think uh, it's just another? You think it's uh, Palpatine? You think it's no? I don't think it's Palpatine. What I what I would imagine though is if somehow in actually is it Revenge of the Sith? Whenever Palpatine is telling Anakin about the story of Darth Plagueis and the the Sith Lord that actually learned how to, to cheat death and prolong his life. And it's inferred that that was Palpatine's master and Palpatine assassinated him in his sleep. Right. If somehow Snoke either is Darth Plagueis or somewhat related to that yeah. lore, yeah. in that somehow he survived that assassination attempt or is somehow like bringing himself back, maybe Voldemort yeah. style or something. Um, but it Harry would make Potter. sense why <laughs> a character as powerful and perceptive as Snoke remained absent from the other conflicts we've seen while Palpatine was still alive. And that now that Palpatine is dead and the Empire is gone, that it's time for him to start. Or maybe Palpatine plays. was answering to him the whole time. Mm. I don't know about that, but I think there's another Harry Potter make me telling you're gonna kill me, like Dumbledore, like you said you're gonna kill me because I know this is for the good. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But huh? Okay. I feel like it's a stretch for like if he's alive and he's more powerful than Palpatine, that it's a stretch, in my mind at least, for me to be like, well, why didn't he just stop Palpatine? And take over. Well, I think that's what I'm thinking is that he wasn't necessarily more powerful than Palpatine. But if Palpatine was able to get the upper hand and then kind of take control of the galaxy for a short time, that it wouldn't have been the right time for him to make a move. Yeah. Now that somebody else took Palpatine out of the equation and there's been time to to reemerge, I think that could be an interesting. Looking for your the perfect window to you know to make your move. All right, Andy, real quick, what's your prediction for where Uh, we go from here? 
I don't. I don't want Kylo Ren to go back and forth. I want him to be the bad guy. That's just me. You want him to die the bad guy? Yeah, I, I kind of do. To be, I don't. I mean, but I. But what would be important is his connection with our heroes. Mm-hmm. If if he's just the bad guy, just as the bad guy, I think that's that's kind of weak. But if he's somehow connected to one of our three heroes somehow, then that would be. Then that would make that conflict, I think, really uh, a bigger deal. So. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still a lot of things to figure out, you know. Um, again, we kind of talk about, but like Ray and her history, and um, I love the line that she gets told. I, I'm, I don't think I got it down word for word, but um, when she she has when she right before she takes the lightsaber, um, and she's told what's calling you is not from behind, but it's it's what's ahead, what what's the in, answers it, you seek. Yeah, it's what's in front of you, and I just thought like for me, I kind of got. Kind of got chills and like it was maybe cheesy, but I kind of, it was almost like that scene in episode four when Luke is out and he's looking at the sun and he's kind of like, I, I felt like that, those two scenes for me had the same emotional pull. And so uh, I, I really appreciate that scene. So, um, so again, just wanted to unpack and, and to see what Ray and her story, like how that plays out. That's going to be, that's going to be great. So, and then is there a love story? Is there a love story somehow with Ray and one of our two main heroes? You think yes? Yep. You think John? You think yes? Probably. Uh, probably. Yeah. Cody? Yeah, I think it's probably gonna happen. Cody loves a good love story. He does. He does. I really do. What's your thoughts? Any last uh, predictions? Uh, I don't want to spend. I I want to. I I don't have necessarily a prediction as much as a request, uh, and that is I don't want to end episode eight without knowing who Ray's parented. Parentage gotcha. is gotcha. Um, because I feel like it's just spending too much time uh, with us wondering that and trying to you know and guessing on that. So yeah. I just want to know before that movie ends. You well, know, for in line with the original trilogy, you'll find out at the end of this movie. <laughs> yeah, and if we're in line with the original trilogy. At the end of you know episode eight, I may not stick around for episode nine. So, oh my gosh! Uh, but that is our episode on Heroes and Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Thank you so Last much for listening. Uh, we appreciate it. We would love to hear your thoughts on Star Wars: The Force Awakens as well. Uh, there's a couple ways you can let us know those things. You can uh, write us on our Facebook at facebook.com/heroesand, uh, as well as tweet at us at heroes underscore and, or you could post some cool pictures and tag us in them at heroes underscore and as well you could also email us your long expositions of your thoughts uh like matt matt, matt like matt sanders did uh to heroes and podcast at gmail.com and uh, if you can subscribe rate review our episodes we would greatly appreciate that um and on behalf of team heroes and jj abrams thank you so much you did a great job we really did love the film thank you for not ruining this franchise so uh i'm andy I'm Matt. I'm John. I'm Cody. And And we're out. out.